0: Hello and welcome to the Accelerate Your Legacy podcast, where we talk all things money and money mindset. My name is Laura Sexton, I am a trusted financial coach and money mindset specialist. My goal with this podcast is to encourage and inspire you as you set out on a financial journey that eliminates stress and amplifies freedom. Today is the day you stop paying for your past and start saving for your future. If you're looking for more peace in your finances and margin in your budget, you've come to the right place. Hello, Accelerators, and welcome back to the podcast. I am so excited that you are here with me today. We are going to be talking about the debt snowball. We're going to be talking about different ways to run a debt snowball so that it works specifically for you. Now, when we talk about snowball, we're thinking about starting with a small little ball at the top of a hill and it rolls down the hill and it gains momentum and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. That's what we're talking about. There's another method called the debt avalanche method. You pay off things with the highest interest rate first. The idea of that is, oh, OK, we're going to get in here and we're going to figure out the math details. The higher interest rates are causing problems. I'm going to say that 99% of you, your interest rate is not your problem. If you look down at it mathematically, your interest rate is not adding to your problem. Unless you have a subprime loan on a vehicle, that might be kicking your butt right now. But this is not a math problem. And you're saying, Laura, it's money. Of course, it's a math problem. Money, dollars, cents, numbers. It's all a math problem. No. No. This is a behavior problem. This is an attitude problem. If you were sitting there with a victim mentality and you're saying, well, I'm always going to be in debt, I'm never going to be debt-free, then you're going to have a really hard time getting out of this. And doesn't matter if you do the debt snowball method or the debt avalanche method, you're going to have to work extra hard to change your mind so you can change your habits. But your debt snowball has the highest rate of completion because it works with you psychologically to help you get those small wins Starting at the beginning, small wins, knocking stuff off, getting rid of ankle miters, showing yourself that you can do it, moving forward, being able to say yes to a few more things and just moving forward down the hill until your snowball gets bigger and bigger and bigger and eventually you're throwing huge chunks at your bigger debts. I understand why there are some people out there, they're like, well, the debt avalanche works better for me because I only care about the math. Great. Unfortunately the people that do the debt avalanche method fall off of their money plan faster. And I would much rather you stick with the debt snowball for a short period of time, get it done with, and live a happy life in the future. You see, you can either have a long, tenuous process of paying this out over time, or you can just buckle down, get it done, and move forward. That's really up to you. So let's talk about these two debt snowballs that I was talking about earlier. Now, the first debt snowball is going to be for your active debt. That is debt that you are currently making payments on and has not gone to collections yet. Or anything that you're going to be paying on in the not too distant future. If you have student loans, they're in deferment for six months. You're going to be paying on those soon. That is active. And we want to put that in our debt snowball. With the debt snowball, you're going to list your debt smallest to largest and you're going to be paying off that smallest balance first this momentum is meant to keep you going i'll tell you what this looked like for me I started paying off store credit cards first. I had smaller balances on those and was able to knock them out with each paycheck. I was knocking out one after the other, after the other. My first paycheck, I paid two because they were small enough. And the next paycheck, I paid one. And the next paycheck, I paid one. And the next paycheck, I paid one. And when I had those five done, that was right about the time that my husband decided to come on board with me and we started doing this together. I had paid off all of my credit cards And we were starting with our $372,347 in debt. We were going to be doing this together. And it was super exciting, super invigorating. So we had to go with our next debt. Our next debt there would be his credit card, which would have come in the middle of some of my other credit cards, but we weren't working together yet. We weren't on the same plan. And oh, let me tell you, once we got on the same plan and we were moving forward together in unison as one We started flying. So I highly recommend if you and your spouse are not on the same page, getting on the same page. If you need my help to do that, if we need to sit down, I can be your mutual bad guy. I'm not a marriage counselor, so I'm not going to say that. But I can be a mutual, unbiased, third party in the room with you, helping you have a money conversation so that you guys can stop talking past each other and start talking with each other and start moving forward together. So if you need me, you can reach out to me on Instagram at accelerateyourlegacy or send me a message laura at accelerateyourlegacy.com. Let's set up a time to talk. So after my husband's credit card, we then paid a small student loan. And then we had a new car. We bought a brand new car, which was a dumb thing to do. But we did it before we were really on this plan together. But we had that car. We had to pay it off. And then we moved on to my student loans. Had we been doing the debt avalanche method, we would have started on the student loans sooner. And I would have still been making that huge car payment before getting to use that to move me forward. When we finally got to our student loan, I had been paying $771. I got to add $771 to my debt snowball by making sure that the smaller things were paid off first. And then my huge student loan, I got to attack with a vengeance. That's what I mean by momentum. It feels so good to be throwing everything you can at this debt and getting it done. We buckled down for three years. That's a lot longer than a lot of people take. But in that three years, we grew as a couple. Our family grew too because we had our second child. And we were able to conquer this giant beast together. And then we were completely debt-free and we got to move forward with our lives, making whatever choices we want because we're not financially bogged down. Momentum really helps. So when might we switch up the order of the debt snowball? I'm not going to lie. Nine times out of 10, it really works to follow the debt snowball, debts smallest to largest, regardless of interest rate, and paying them off with a vengeance. However, there are a couple instances where you want to switch that up. And the first of which would be the IRS. If the IRS is after you, you go ahead and switch it up knock them out first because they have a higher power point. They're able to come at you, put a lien on your house, put a lien on your car, garnish your wages. They can do things that other creditors are not able to do. So they're going to be at the top of the list. Now, another instance where sometimes we need to change things up is if you owe money to your family. A family member loans you money for something and you are just sick to your stomach over it. You're afraid to go over for Thanksgiving dinner. You don't want to do Sunday afternoon activities with them. You are feeling guilty. I don't want you to feel guilty about anything ever. So if this is pervasive in your mind, we might want to move that up to that snowball. I probably would like you to get a couple small wins first and then move it up. But taking that guilt and that shame off your shoulders is a great reason to let that debt move forward in the debt snowball. The other time is something that I call an SSH loan and that's stupid should hurt. Stick with me here for a second. Stupid should hurt. If you do something dumb with money and you're paying it back, It should hurt, but it should not be one of these things that's going to lord over you for the full two years that you're making these payments. We might want to pay a little bit less towards our smallest debt and a little bit more towards this. Or if it's a small enough number, we might want to move it up. I have clients who have had a car that every time they walk out into the driveway, it just makes them angry. And so we move that up the debt snowball. In that case in particular, they ended up selling that car because they were just so Angry at that debt. Every time they looked at it, they were like, that is the stupidest thing I've ever done. And so they went and they sold the car to get rid of that debt and keep it from lording over them. So that's one debt snowball. When I'm talking about two, we have an active one that we were talking about. And then we're going to have our inactive debt snowball. This is everything that is in collections so sometimes you may not remember everything that you have in collections your life got really out of control and you weren't paying attention sometimes that happens there's no shame in having had that past as long as you're choosing to change your future if you move forward and you continue to forget things or continue to not pay thanks because you just don't want to that's not really an integrity And so we're going to have a hard time working together. We can still be friends, but you probably won't be my client if you're just going to not pay your debts, right? So if you have inactive debts, we need to make a second debt snowball. This is going to be one that you're not going to be working on at the same time as your active debt snowball. Let's knock out your active stuff, keep all of that from going into collections, and then we can work on this second inactive debt snowball. I have a client that I was working with and we were going through her credit reports. You can get a credit report on like annualcreditreport.com. Any of the credit reporting bureaus will have a copy. You can get it from them. We went through all of her inactive debts and we found some that she didn't recognize. So I wanted to address that here today on this talk about our active and inactive snowballs. If you don't recognize the debt, If it wasn't yours, you shouldn't have to pay it, okay? But if it is yours, you do need to pay it. So how do we find out if it's ours? This is actually a really great thing to do regardless of whether or not you recognize the loan. Go ahead and reach out and ask for a debt validation letter. Now, the collection agency is required by the Fair Debt Collection Practices Act to give you a debt validation letter. Technically they are supposed to send it within 10 days of their first contact with you and then you have 30 days to respond to it. If they did not send one to you they can just claim that they did which is annoying but you want to make sure that you do your due diligence. So if they have reached out to you or if you've gone through your credit report and you see debts on there that either you don't recognize or you think that the loan amounts don't add up, you want to ask for a debt validation letter. Again, they're required by the FDCPA to give that to you. And in this letter, it should say the amount that you owe. Now, keep in mind that might have fees and interest, and we're going to want them to break that down for us. They should have the name of the creditor seeking the collection. It should state that they assume that it is valid and that you have 30 days to contest it and should also state that you are able to ask about the original creditor. And I highly recommend you do that. Let's say they gave you all this information and you don't recognize the debt. You can contest it. Sometimes they will have sold the debt multiple times over. It could be that you're talking to the third collection agency to own it. And things get lost in translation. You need to make sure that this is your debt in the first place. They could have switched something up and they put the wrong name on the wrong file and you're paying somebody else's debt. You want to make sure that this is actually money that you owe. And if they cannot prove that it was originally yours, they are not able to collect it from you. They have to prove that it was yours. So once they send you the debt validation letter, you can send back a debt verification letter, I highly recommend you send a debt verification letter by certified mail with a sign-on receipt so that you know somebody got it and you get the name of the person who received it. In this letter, you want to ask why they think that you owe the loan, the amount of the original loan, the age of the original loan, because it could possibly, under statute of limitations, have expired and they are not able to actually collect it from you because it is an expired debt that will continue to show up on your credit report though. So you may want to pay it depending on how much it is. You also need to verify that they have the authority to collect the debt in your state, especially if you've moved around a lot. If you change states, the company that owns it may not have the authority to collect debt from you in your state. If at any point in time you are not given the validation letter, You are not given a debt verification letter. If the person speaking to you on the phone is vulgar or harasses you, you need to file a complaint with the Federal Trade Commission and also file a complaint with your state's attorney general. There's no reason under the sun for anyone to ever be vulgar or harass you. It's not okay. I will tell you there's one time that I had a call with Chase Bank and I had a loan with them that I was unable to pay. I was incredibly stressed out. I was starting to get worried that if I paid this loan, I wouldn't have money to eat. And let me tell you, I had my priorities backwards and I was more worried about paying my debts back than I was about eating. So eat first and then pay bills. That's 100% of the time how you should prioritize that. But I wasn't doing that at the time. And I was freaking out. And I was like, I need to pay these guys, but I can't pay the full amount. And I called and I said, hey, I'm, I'm struggling with this. Can you help me? And the person on the other end of the phone started telling me what a horrible person I was, that I was living beyond my means, that I should sell my car and chop my hair off and sell that like he was just going at me I was living large I should not eat anything other than ramen noodles and he was just awful now keep in mind I had not yet missed a payment but the idea of me saying hey I need a little help he felt like he needed to berate me and tell me what a horrible person I was thankfully that gentleman was fired however I will never do business with Chase Bank again all of that to say If somebody decides they're going to get snippy with you or say mean things to you, you can say, hey, I'm a person, and you can either choose to not talk to me that way, or I'm going to give you a dial tone. Do they even have dial tones anymore? I'm going to push the red button. I'm going to hang up on you. If you are going to be rude, I'm done. And sometimes you just have to be done, and you can talk to them again next month. You don't have to call them back. So let's say you plan on paying these loans. There are a couple things I want to talk to you about paying these loans. Do not ever, under any circumstances, set up a payment plan with these companies. They can and they will empty your bank account. They don't need electronic access to your account. And setting up a payment plan means that you're going to have to pay back the whole thing plus interest. And there are better ways to do this. First of all, When a debt collection agency takes over these loans, they generally buy them for pennies on the dollar. Your original company has decided that you cannot pay it back. And so they sell the loan again for like pennies on the dollar, sometimes nickels, but most of the time pennies, they're like, we're not going to get any money out of this. We'll sell it to a debt collector if they get any money. Great. And if they don't, whatever. You should be able to settle for 25 to 30% of the loan amount, depending on how high it was, how low it was. If it's a large amount, if you defaulted on like $30,000, they're probably going to do what they can to sue you for that. And they're probably going to do what they can to get all 30 of it. However, if it's a $1,000 loan, they're going to settle with you for like $250, $300 getting something is better than getting nothing. And let me tell you, the end of the month is the best time to make a deal because they're trying to hit their quotas to get a bonus. So they're buying it for pennies. You can settle it for a quarter. I'm not saying don't pay back your debts, don't pay back what you owe, but if they're willing to take this as, and here are the keywords, as settlement in full Go ahead and go for it. Now, settlement in full, they have to give you in writing. You need not their word as a human because they're not humans. They're reptiles. They're working in a call center. You need in writing, and it can be an email, but you need in writing, this amount is settlement in full. This amount that I am sending to you will cover the loan and you will not come after me for the difference. That is what you are getting in writing. I already said they will get no electronic access to your account at all. If you have to wire them money, go down to your bank and wire them money. If you want, you can use, there is a company called privacy.com where you can go in and they will set up a new card number for you. They have your actual card number, but the card number that they give you to give to this company will be different every time. So, that or a prepaid credit card will cover this amount. And it's just really smart to do things like privacy.com or do a prepaid credit card because then they can't get into your bank account. They can't charge you more than what you agree to give them because technically you owe them the money. You owe them the full amount. And if they go into your bank account and they pull out the full amount and you go down to a judge and you're like, they stole money from me. And the judge goes, well, Did you owe them that money? And you say, yes, but they agreed to take less. And he's going to say, so you owed them the money. They took it fair and square. Now you're hurting because you needed that money to take care of your children, but you owed it to them and they had the ability to take it out of your account because you gave them electronic access to your account. Do not give them electronic access to your account. Okay. I'm ending this on a really intense note. I apologize for that. My intention here is always to be uplifting and encouraging i am hoping that this helped someone today and if this helped you please share this with somebody share the accelerate your legacy podcast with a friend getting our numbers up is something that i'm really encouraged by we're getting more and more people downloading the podcast and i'm just so blessed to help you And I want to keep helping you and keep helping more people. So if you heard something here that was helpful, share it with a friend. If you have a friend that's in trouble or working through their money issues, share it with them so that we can create a legacy of change in this world. I want more people to be free, free from debt, financially able to make whatever choices they want. That's what I want for you. And I hope that a little bit of what we did here today will be able to make that happen for you. All right, Accelerators, I will talk to you next time. Go out and make a difference. Thank you for spending some of your most precious resource, your time, working on yourself today. But don't just listen to the show. Implement something you heard. If you found a piece of today's show valuable, chances are you have a friend who will too. So please share this with them. And if you feel led, please rate and review the podcast to help spread the word. Remember, the legacy you leave is not just dollars and cents in a bank account, but the tools, habits, mindset, and reputation you leave behind. If you have questions or need encouragement, send me a DM on Instagram at Accelerate Your Legacy, or check out the resources listed in the show notes. I'll be back next week. Bye for now.